0: dear father in heaven thank you for giving us the privilege of life and we also thank you for helping us with the temporal and spiritual blessings dear father we come to you this moment because we want to fellowship with you and we ask that you grant us of your spirit that we may rightly divide the word of truth and that you may build us up into the most holy faith into the image of our lord jesus christ we pray lord that you would Help us, Lord, that all the defects in our character will be taken away. And as we study your word, the same spirits that actuated treated your children in the past will be given to us to do the same work in our own time. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 19 I cannot come down. I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I live it and come down to you? Nehemiah chapter six verse three. Nehemiah was chosen by God because he was willing to cooperate with the Lord as a restorer. When he saw wrong principles being acted upon. He did not stand by as an onlooker and by his silence give consent. He did not leave the people to conclude that he was standing on the wrong side. He took a firm, unyielding stand for the right. Every device that the Prince of Darkness can suggest will be employed to induce God's servants to form a confederacy with the agents of Satan. Like Nehemiah, they should steadfastly reply, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. God's workers may safely keep on with their work, letting their efforts refute the falsehoods that malice may coin for their injury. Like the builders on the walls of Jerusalem, they must refuse to be diverted from their work by threats or mockery. As the time of the end draws near, Satan's temptations will be brought to bear with greater power upon God's workers. He will employ human agents to mock and revile those who build the wall. But should the builders come down to meet the attacks of their foes, this would but retard the work. They should endeavour to defeat the purposes of their adversaries, but they should not allow anything to call them from their work. Truth is stronger than error, and right will prevail over wrong. In Nehemiah's firm devotion to the work of God and his equally firm reliance on God lay the reason of the failure of his enemies to draw him into their power. The soul that is indolent falls an easy prey to temptation. But in the life that has a noble aim, an absorbing purpose, evil finds little foothold. God has provided divine assistance for all the emergencies to which our human resources are unequal. He gives the Holy Spirit to help in every street, to strengthen our hope and assurance to illuminate our minds and purify our hearts. He provides opportunities and opens channels of working. If His people are watching the indications of His providence and are ready to cooperate with Him, they will see mighty results. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is I Cannot Come Down and we have many interesting lessons to learn for those who are building the walls of Jerusalem, repairing the gates and the streets for those who will engage in the work of reform. The book of Nehemiah 6 ushers us into a still greater strategy and device of Satan for you who are building the walls, for you who are engaged in the work of reform. Remember that in the past devotions we have seen that it will not pay us or do us good to be ignorant of Satan's devices. It is our duty to pray, but not only to pray, but to watch the movements of the enemy, lest they steal a march upon us or upon those who are also like us, doing a work of reform and sweep them off their feet. We need to watch the works of the agents of Satan to ensure that they do not Twart the work or the job that is being done. Do not leave it like that. The devil will scatter everything you have done if you do not watch. Nehemiah 6, reading from verse 1 to 4, says, Now it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah and Jeshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Sanballat and Jeshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease, whilst I live it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, And I answered them after the same manner. Hmm. This looks as if it is a very simple thing here but Nehemiah was not so trusting neither was he a fool he wasn't stupid as to believe that these men just wanted to have a meeting with him are we then to engage in thoughts of suspicion against people is that what this means yes you are to know your enemies And when you know that people have given you enough evidences to show that you and them are not on the same line and they are haters of God, haters of reform, haters of the things that God wants to do, be careful. People do plan evil against others. And it is a fact that people plan to bring others down. In the case of Nehemiah, how did he know that such things do happen? Here was a man who worked with the king at the I. Of course he knew that such things happen. But then how about us? You can read your Bible and understand that such things happen. Perhaps Nehemiah had read the book of Jeremiah 40 to know about a man called Gedaliah and another man called Jehoinan and then the Ethiopian called Ishmael. These three men... There's a story of intrigue and treachery concerning them. And Nehemiah must have known this story and realized that you can't trust everybody. Jeremiah forty, reading from verse five, tells us about how Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Jerusalem and Judah and left it in charge of a certain man called Gedaliah. It says from verse 5, Now, while he was not yet gone back, he said, Go back also to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, that was they were telling. Jeremiah, that's Nebuzaradan, the captain of Nebuchadnezzar's army, was telling this to Jeremiah. He told him, Go to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shapan, whom the king of Babylon had made the governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with him among the people. So here we see that Gedaliah was the one in charge of Judah. Verse 6 says, Jeremiah went unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, to Mizpah, and dwelt with him among the people that were left in the land. Now, verse 13. It says, moreover, Jeh- Johanan, the son of Kare, and all the captains of the forces that were in the fields, came to liar to Mizpah, and said unto him, Dost thou certainly know that Balis, the king of the Ammonites, had sent Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah? Remember the king of the Ammonites? Remember that the man called Tobias is also an Ammonite. So here, this is a story that concerns the Ammonites of course but more a story of treachery and betrayal. It goes on to say Johanan had, was telling Gedaliah, this man Ishmael was sent by the Ammonites to slay you but Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, believed them not then Johanan the son of Cariah spoke to Gedaliah and Misper secretly saying, let me go I pray thee and I will slay Ishmael the son of Nethaniah and no man shall know it. Wherefore should he slay thee, that all the Jews which are gathered unto thee should be scattered, and the remnant in Judah perish. But Gedaliah the son of Ahikam said unto Johanan the son of Cariel, Thou shalt not do this thing, for thou speakest falsely of Ishmael. Hmm. So, if you've not heard this story before, who do you think is being stupid here? Is it Gedaliah or Johanan? Let's see. Jeremiah 41, reading from verse 1 to 3 now says, Now it came about in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishaba, of the king's seed, having with him ten men, came to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, in Mizpah, and they had a meal together in Mizpah. Remember that this is the Ishmael that Johanan was accusing that he wants to kill Gedaliah, the one who was placed as the governor of the whole of Judah. Now, this Ishmael is found with 10 men eating with Gedaliah and they are having a happy time. So, Johanan's accusation against Ishmael, is it true? Verse 2 says, Then Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and the 10 men who were with him, got up, and attacking Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, with the sword, put to death him whom the king of Babylon had made ruler over the land. And Ishmael put to death all the Jews who were with him, even with Gedaliah and Mizpah and the Chaldean men of war. Were you expecting that? Nehemiah must have been aware of this manner of working where if one goes to meet another person who is his enemy and he is outnumbered, they will kill you. And Nehemiah said, I am not going. I am doing a great work. I cannot come to answer Sanballat, Tobias and Jeshem. He had no reason for that. And it would have clearly been a neglect of his work and also a trap set for him. He knew that that was the case. So, we also who are doing the work of reform, as we read in our devotion, we will have people who are enemies that will come against us. And we need to learn how to deal with such situations. Testimonies, Volume 3, reading from page 570, says... I am doing a great work, says Nehemiah, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I live it and come down to you? I was shown that God's people should not for one moment relax their watchfulness or their vigilance. Satan is upon our track. He is determined to overcome God's commandment keeping people with his temptations. If we give no place to him but resist his devices, steadfast in the faith, we shall have strength to depart from all iniquity those who keep the commandments of god will be a power in the land if they live up to their light and privileges they may be patterns of piety holy in heart and in conversation we shall not have ease that we may cease watchfulness and prayer as the time draws near for christ to be revealed in the clouds of heaven satan's temptations will be brought to bear with greater power upon those who keep god's commandments for he knows that his time is short in my recent view i saw that it will not increase our influence or bring us into favor with god to retaliate or come down from our great work to their level in meeting their slanders There are those who will resort to any species of deception and gross falsehood to gain their object and deceive souls, and to cast stigma upon the law of God and those who love to obey it. They will repeat the most inconsistent and vile falsehoods over and over until they make themselves believe that they are truth. These are the strongest arguments they have to use against the Sabbath of the fourth commandment. We should not allow our feelings to control us and divert us from the work of warning the world. The case of Nehemiah was presented before me. Nehemiah cleaved to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses, and the Lord was with him. Messengers were sent repeatedly, soliciting a conference with Nehemiah, but he refused to meet them bold threats were made of what they proposed to do and messengers were sent to harangue the people engaged in the work of building these presented flattering inducements and promised the builders freedom from restraint and wonderful privileges if they would unite their interests with them and cease their work of building but the people were commanded not to engage in controversy with their enemies, and to answer them not a word, that no advantage of words might be given them. Threatenings and ridicule were resorted to. They said, even that which the build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down the stone wall. Sanballat was wrought and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Nehemiah prayed, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? So here we learn the lesson that we need to focus on the work we are doing and not give answers to people who are just questioning for the sake of finding words from your mouth that they will eventually use against you. You need to understand when you see people who are not willing to learn but they are looking for something that you would say which they would misconstrue and they would take it and use it against you as a weapon the people were told do not even give them one word of an answer when they ask you questions and that is something we need to do sometimes you may meet people and this is very serious but don't be tempted to give answers to people who you know very well and not intending to learn the truth but they just want to hear you say something that they will put you into an argument or use against you misconstrue it and say oh he said this or she said that just to paint you as black and make others to lose their confidence in you i tell you I have experienced such things. You may quote something from the scripture and say, this is this, and they will go out and say, oh, he said this and that, and then they will misconstrue it and paint it in such a way to make you look stupid or make you look like someone who is not following the word of God but it is a fact that they themselves are the ones who are actually misconstruing the words so it's better not to even give an answer when you see that these people have already shown their true color like Sanballat, Jeshem and Tobias they are not interested in following the truth so when they ask you questions no need to give them an answer there's really no point in it they're just going to use it to gossip here and there so no need for that that's one lesson now when this did not work they resorted to another plan, since Nehemiah said he is not coming to answer them, it says in the book of Nehemiah 6, reading from verse 5, it says, Then Sanballat sent his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the hidden and it that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king, according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto them, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. You may not understand except you really analyze what these people did here. This was wicked what they did. What was the purpose of this open letter? It was so that everyone could read the letter. That's why Nehemiah is clear to say they sent an open letter. So that everybody will read it. It is not just be Nehemiah who reads it. It was actually a letter to the people. It was not a letter to Nehemiah. It was just like the news does. CNN or any other news media would just say it out there to the people that that this is an allegation. But the allegation is actually false, nobody is saying this, people are saying this, people are saying that, but the people that are saying it is just the reporter, no other person is saying it. And when they make it look like people are saying this, then the others who are hearing it will feel like, oh, people are saying this. I remember listening to something concerning, uh, not that I'm interested in things like this voter ID in the US. And then there are some people who come and say, Oh, voter ID is racist. Voter ID is racist. The people don't like it. But it is not true. 81% of the low income workers, they want it. 70% of the people who they say that it is racism against them, which is the colored people, it is not true. It is not true at all. So, where are the people that they said did not like the voter ID? They did not exist. It's just the same tactics that Sanballat and Tobias were using here, saying something that was in their own head but attributing it to the people. But the effect of it was so that people could read it and then what will it do? It will affect their hands and they will start suspecting Nehemiah. The people working with Nehemiah would hear that Nehemiah was only building the walls and streets out of his own selfish interest, that he wanted to be their king. It is usually the case that the wicked people will want to use slander to bring you down. They will attach to the kind acts that you perform, some evil motive just like these men did. The seed of discord was being sown in the minds of the people and this could cause discontent among the people who Nehemiah was working with. These men acted like they were trying to protect Nehemiah's reputation while slyly slipping into the minds of the people the suggestion that Nehemiah was actually having selfish interest, wanting to be the king over them while building the temple. So how do we deal with slander like this? Manuscript Releases, Volume 19, page 345, starting from paragraph 1, says We must not ever keep before us the feeling that we are slighted. The very fact that we suspect evil will go a long way towards creating that evil which we allowed ourselves to suspect. So in other words, if Nehemiah started to suspect the people, thinking that, oh, maybe the people believes these things that were written in the letter, that thing which he suspected of the people, he would start acting it out and Then they will start really suspecting him of the thing written in the letter. So be careful not to suspect these things. Continuing the reading, it says, Our feelings will sometimes be deeply hurt, our temper sadly tried. But the sooner we shall forget the cause of this disturbance, the better will it be for us and all connected with us. A lying tongue like that of Sambalas and Tobias and those who are doing the same thing to you, a lying tongue will stir us to make sharp trusts. But it is only for a moment that lies will have force. If we treat these falsehoods as they deserve, with neglect, others will soon see there is no foundation for them. We are to leave our reputation with God. Slander may be lived down, but can never be talked down. A petulant, ill-natured man, or woman, really knows not what it is to be happy. Every cup which he puts to his lips seems to be bitter as wormwood, and his path seems strewn with rough stones, with briars and thorns, but he must add to temperance patience, and he will not see or feel slights. Alexander and Caesar found it easier to subdue a world than to subdue themselves. After conquering nation after nation, they fell, one of them, the victim, to beastly intemperance, the other to mad ambition. Patience must have its perfect work or we cannot be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Troubles and afflictions are appointed unto us and shall we bear them all patiently or shall we make everything bitter by our complaining? The gold is put into the furnace that the dross may be removed shall we then not be patient under the eye of the refiner we must refuse to sink into a sad disconsolate state of mind but show calm trust in god counting it all joy when we are permitted to endure trials for christ's sake end of quote so nehemiah's conduct before the people by not giving attention to this slander was good It was lived down he did not start to speak against it and start talking and talking but he let it be and continued his work and that way everybody had their hands strengthened but another thing is this Nehemiah's conduct before the people already gave evidence that he had no selfish interest remember in our previous devotion we already saw he relieved the poor and lived with the people he did not exact his rights on them and shared his morsel with them he did not lord it over them as they reviewed their previous, con- their previous experience with Nehemiah, his previous conduct, and saw him continually with them, there was nothing in his life that could be held onto to substantiate the claim of these conspirators. Their claim was baseless and Nehemiah's character proved it. That is why we say slander can be lived down but can never be talked down. It was Nehemiah's character that proved that what was written in that open letter was a lie but these people did not give up they tried another method but what we've learned now is that we should use our character to live down slander should people accuse you of being a fanatic extremist whatever they want to say your character will prove whether it is so or not as far as you are in harmony with the word of god those who come to your life and see you will wonder and say is this the person they said is a fanatic or extremist i don't see anything about that and i would say i've experienced that too when people have spoken all kinds of evil against you, it will work for your good, you know why? Because people are expecting to see one mad fanatic and when they come to you and they relate with you, their expectations are disappointed and they now realize that it was all lies I was hearing about this person because their hopes have been made high to see someone who is crazy or something or somebody who, who, who they say like has been brainwashed. And actually being brainwashed is not such a bad thing because indeed we need to wash our brains from the filth of the world that has entered into it and we need to build the walls to protect it from the attacks and corruption of the devil. So our character can live down the slander so that people don't even believe those things about us because they see us every day. But the people did not give up. The open letter did not work. And then they did the worst thing. We are told that we have far more to fear from within than from without. Within our own hearts and within our own fold. The worst thing, I say, the best strategy of the devil would be to have someone who pretends to be like they are on your side but they are not on your side through such people the devil will have a place in God's church and will bring about his own plans if we are not watchful to identify such people. So, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobias, they did have somebody like this. And guess what? This was not just an ordinary person, but he was a prophet. Nehemiah 6, reading from his 10 says, Afterward, I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut up and he said let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee here yeah, in the night will they come to slay thee you can imagine this man solemnly telling Nehemiah they will come they are going to come this night listen to me let us go into the house of God you know the man of God and in verse 11 Nehemiah said should such a man as I flee and who is there that being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired, that I should be afraid and do so and sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me, My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works, and on the prophetess Noedia and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. Do you see this? It was not just Shemaiah. There was another woman, Noedia. And then there were other prophets who were on the payroll of Sanballat and Tobias. And what were they being paid for? To continually tell Nehemiah, I think you should stop building this wall. These people are coming to kill you. They will kill you. Stop it. I heard they are coming this night. I heard they are coming tomorrow night. All of this was just to put fear in him so that he will stop. What does this teach us? It simply teaches us that truly no one can stop you from building the wall. The devil may want to put fear in you, but it depends on you. Jesus said, fear not them which may kill the body but cannot kill the soul. That is what these people are like. They can put threats and fear, but they cannot stop you from doing the work of reform. This man, Shemaiah, along with Noedia and the other prophets, they were moles among God's people. Shemaiah had succeeded in convincing Nehemiah that he was on his side because he was also a Jew and also had some air of holiness around him in that he was shut up like Nehemiah said confined to his house for some reason it was some kind of religious stuff he doesn't come out of his house because maybe he's fasting and praying he doesn't come out he also is a prophet and this man's trick is the most subtle of them all the fact that he is a Jew a prophet and also seemed to have this aura of piety and holiness around him was well calculated to make Nehemiah let his guard down. And that is the kind of people that the devil wants to use to bring you down. They are people who have this piety around them prophets pastors and then they look all good and holy and they want to speak to you and tell you oh forget that thing about health reform it doesn't really matter forget about dress reform it doesn't really matter it's not like that even the sabbath reform educational reform no 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 god will have no problem with you if you don't do those things and they have that air of piety and just by looking at them looks as if all these people are already in heaven But don't trust to men, trust to the word of God. Shemaiah represents such people. But what do they want to do? Nehemiah said clearly that this man wanted to cause me to sin so that they will have a reproach against me. But when Nehemiah came to the man, this man suggested that he was so concerned about Nehemiah's well-being and his life and had gotten some important secret information that in the night, they had finally decided that they would kill Nehemiah. To add to his piety, he suggested that Nehemiah and himself go into the temple, the Holy of Holies, for protection. This was where Nehemiah was able to discern that this man was a sellout. How can we identify such pretentious rats among us whose true aim is to give counsel in such a manner to cause us to bring reproach upon God? How did Nehemiah perceive that God did not send this man? He had his armor on. The word of God was his defense. He knew that if this prophecy of Shemaiah was from God, it would be in harmony with the word of God, which was his defense. What this man was trying to lead Nehemiah to do was to commit the sin of presumption. Nehemiah's response was, should such a man as I flee, and who is there that being um, um, as I am would go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in this response of Nehemiah shows faith and the faith shown is a mixture of confidence and humility. He is the leader and is to be the example to the rest of the people. He is trying to inspire faith and confidence in God, in the workers who were already afraid. Now, that's why he asked, should such a man like me, who has told the people to trust in God and be strong, be hypocritical and flee? After he has told the people to be strong, His confidence in God does not allow him to send a message of cowardice to the people by stopping the work of reform anywhere at all. But then we see his faith shown in humility by his refusal to enter into the temple when he said, should such a man as myself enter into the temple? In other words, I am not worthy to go into the temple. I'm just an ordinary man. I know now that you want to cause me to sin. Where is in the word of God that should? that you are not supposed to enter the temple this is exactly what we need to know we need to know the word of God some people may bring suggestions to you to make you do things that are not in harmony with God's word so that when you do them they will then use it against you and then they will bring reproach against you and say you see she is not as holy as she claims to be he is not as holy as as he claims to be you must be careful the kind of information that you give to those who you know are enemies of the truth and enemies of the faith. Be careful what you say to them because those things you say, they may use it against you. So for Nehemiah in this case, they wanted him to enter into the temple which looked like a religious and uh, pious thing to do. But he knew the word of God. Leviticus 16 verse 2 says, the Lord said to Moses, "Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat." So from here we get that it was only the high priest that was to enter into the most holy place. Hebrews nine verse six and seven makes it clearer. It says, "Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle." A accomplishing the service of God take note who enters only the priest of which Nehemiah is not a priest and then it says in verse 7 but into the second went the high priest alone once every year then in 2nd Chronicles 23 verse 6 God said let none come into the house of the Lord save the priests and they that minister of the Levites they shall go in for they are holy but all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Nehemiah knew these things. and An emergency is not an excuse for him to break the law of God. We must be careful lest we fall into the same sin of presumption. While the people could not get any response from Nehemiah to cause him to seize his work, they tried to find something in his life with which they could use to cast reproach on him by accusing him of selfishness. When this could not work, they tried to create an occasion for reproach and they resorted to the most subtle means to do this. We are to be ever on the alert for wicked men and wicked plans like that of Shemaiah so we don't, after winning battles, lose the war. Reading from Testimonies, volume 3, page 574, paragraph 2, we are told, we shall receive the most fierce opposition from the Adventists who oppose the law of God. But like the builders of the walls of Jerusalem, we should not be diverted and hindered from our work by reports, by messengers desiring discussion or controversy, or by intimidating threats, the publication of falsehoods, or any of the devices that Satan may instigate. Our answer should be, we are engaged in a great work and we cannot come down. We shall sometimes be perplexed to know what course we should pursue to preserve the honor of the cause of God and to vindicate his truth. The cause of Nehemiah should have a strong bearing upon our minds as to the manner of meeting this kind of opponents. We should take all these things to the Lord in prayer. As Nehemiah made his supplication to God while his own spirit was humbled, he clung to God with unwavering faith. This is the course that we should pursue time is too precious to be devoted by the servants of god to vindicating their character blackened by those who hate the sabbath of the lord we should move forward with unwavering confidence believing that god would give his truth great and precious victories in humility take note of these words now this is the solution in humility meekness and purity of life relying upon jesus we should carry a convincing power with us that we have the truth end of quote so here he's telling us when you live a life that is pure and people can scrutinize you and they will find nothing there and you walk in humility and meekness all the slander the falsehoods that they publicize and the threats will die down this manner of working by Sambalat and Tobiah, represents, like we just read, people of the faith, even within within your own faith, that will rise up against you because you are building the walls, reforming your life according to the standard of the commandments of God. But when such things are happening around us, we must rise up. Even though we do not have anyone to support us, we must stand our ground. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 5, From page 137, paragraph 2 and 3, we are told, The captain of our salvation will strengthen his people for the conflict in which they must engage. How often, when Satan has brought all his forces to bear against the followers of Christ, and death stares them in the face, have earnest prayers put up in faith, brought the captain of the Lord's host upon the field of action, and turned the tide of battle and delivered the oppressed. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 5, page 136, paragraph 2, we are told, When the religion of Christ is most held in contempt, when his law is most despised, then should our zeal be the warmest and our courage and firmness the most unflinching. To stand in defense of truth and righteousness when the majority forsake us, to fight the battles of the Lord when champions are few, this will be our test. At this time, We must gather warmth from the coldness of others, courage from their cowardice, and loyalty from their treason. The nation will be on the side of the great rebel leader. Now is the time when we should closely connect with God, that we may be hid when the fierceness of His wrath is poured upon the sons of men. We have wandered away from the old landmarks. Let us return." If the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal, serve him. Which side will you be on? End of quote. May we be on the side of the Lord, building and preparing for his coming, reforming our lives according to every word of God. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for giving us the strategies and tactics by which we can overcome. The plans of satan as we begin to work in the line of reform we pray lord that you would give us a discerning eye that we may see clearly those tactics and strategies of satan and even the agents which he brings to us that like gedaliah we will not fall but like nehemiah we will be able to run and stay away from those agents that we may be able to discern when people want to lead us into sin and we will say, I cannot come. Should such a man as myself run away? O Lord, please help us to know your word more clearly that we will not be led into sin ignorantly or be so trusting that we may fall into the hands of the enemies of truth. Thank you Lord for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.
1: The Lord God is my strength And He will make my feet like hind's feet And He will make me to walk upon mine high places The Lord God is my strength And He will make my feet like hind's feet And He will make me to walk upon mine high places Yet I will rejoice make me to walk the lord god is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon mine high places the lord god is my strength and he will Walk upon my high places Yet I will rejoice